Today we go another step into game changers. Everybody say game changers. So I'd like to ask a question. How many people need, at times, a game changer? Meaning you, are, you need something or somebody that will help you out of a difficult situation. Has anybody but me, have you been in a difficult situation before? You didn't know how you was going to get out of it? Sometimes you just need that person or that, or really that person that steps in and said, I've got the answer. So we're either looking for a game changer or we want to be a game changer. I would like to be a game changer, one who can bring the, the right solution at the right time, the right answer that won't make it more difficult, but will put the bomb where the hurt is. How many people know there's hurting people? There's lonely people. There's depressed and suppressed people. And the only answer to this is the great game changer, Jesus Christ. But I want you to hear this, of what I'm talking about today and what we're trying to define, you need to hear, you will never, you will never, you will never, let me say it three times, you will never harvest that which you have not planted. No seed, no harvest. So don't wonder when it doesn't come forth. Don't wonder why am I not moving in, in these areas of being a game changer, especially in my home and my finances, on the, uh, on, my, on the job. It's when you plant the seed, you get involved in what the Lord has called you to do, that he'll bring forth a harvest. Has anybody but me been blessed in the last few months? How many know that if God, it hadn't been for God that was on your side, you wouldn't even be here today? And I'm telling you, that's a fact for me. I should have been dead several times because this man was stupid. I did crazy things. But God has always been on our side. But whatever you plant, you're going to reap. But if you don't plant it, it's not coming forth. And many people, when they're talking about being a game changer, all they do is plant to the flesh. And when you plant to the flesh, you reap the flesh. You plant to corruption, you reap corruption. You plant to greed, you get what? Envy, you get envy. Jealousy, you get jealousy. Whatever you plant, you're going to get. That's why it's important what you say. It's very important because you're planting with your words seeds. As with your finances, when you support the kingdom of God, you are planting seed into a field, a fertile field, that I'll promise you God will not fail you. Ask any businessman in this house today, and you'll find out that God has never failed them if they were honorable with God. Am I right or wrong? You have to be honorable with God. Now, let me say this. Being a Christian doesn't mean you get a badge that says everything's going to go easy. You don't get that badge that says, I'm a Christian, and everything's going to go hunky-dunky-dory. No more problems, no more pain, no more suffering, no more nothing. It's going to be good. I'm going to tell you that's a lie. Being a Christian means there's a game changer with you. But it doesn't mean you're, gonna, you're not going to have to walk through, through some difficult games. Right or wrong. So you cannot plant to the flesh and expect to reach something 
beyond flesh. When you play it to the Spirit, you start listening to the words of God and realizing that Jesus Christ has an answer and will be the answer. When you plant to the Spirit, you will reap the supernatural. You will bring the super into your natural. Because every one of us sitting here today needs a little super in our natural. Every time I wake up, I realize I'm getting a little older. I need some super in my natural. The truth of the matter is, I've had to walk through some things, and the process has been good for me. It's made me think. It's made me see the destiny of this church. It made me realize that we need more people working together, and churches need to come together. We don't need to be separate, separate anymore. It doesn't matter if it's a, a white church, a black church, which I don't believe in no color. I believe that's wrong. It doesn't matter if it's Catholic, it doesn't matter if it's Assembly of God, AME, uh, 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 OGC, whatever you call it. Whatever I'm trying to tell you is if we don't come together, we're not fulfilling the will of Jesus Christ. I've changed everything in my thinking. Churches have to come together. Pastors need to realize that they're not the solution to the problem. They have become the problem. They need to come together, join hands, and realize that we together are better. And whether you believe it or not, we need one another. Name your name. We need one another. We bring a strength to one another because one can put 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So we're better together. So I want a little super in my natural. How many people want that today? So let's go through some process because you know how I preach. There's always going to be some process in everything you do in order for us to become what I would call game changers. There's a process. First, I, we must, first, we must be transformed by the power of Christ and have a hunger. When I say transform, you must come out of your thinking, your old mindset, your old way of doing things, your old traditions. We have to have the same hunger and passion and seek the same thing that Jesus Christ sought after, which was, in fact, not hurting people. Hurting people, hurting people. The Bible says in Luke 19, verse 10, Luke 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man, Jesus, is come to seek, 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 and to save that which was lost. He's going to find you. So we need not only to seek out hurting people, but we must, when we find hurting people, we must help them through the, through the power of Jesus Christ to change their game. Because people that walk through these doors have got a game that needs to be changed. Christian Daniel walked in here years ago. He had a game that needed to be changed. How many people will say with me, there's a time we needed our game changed? We needed it badly. But they need not only they're hurting people coming through the door, but they need a game changer, someone that can bring solution. So follow that thinking. Someone that can speak into their need, speak into their hurt, speak into their lack. 
But, everybody say but. In order to bring that about that change, we must first be changed. We can't do, and for so long it was the man standing behind the pulpit and the deacons and elders telling you what to do, but they themselves would not do it. Am I right or wrong? Case in point. Let me give you a case in point. You don't really, really want to hear this. But years ago, preachers get up and preach about certain things. One being smoking was going to send you to hell. Well, number one, I don't think smoking will send you to hell. Just make you smell like it. <laughs> so I don't buy that. But boy, they'd bear down on that. And then that you can't do this. You can't do that. And they go right outside and light up a cigarette. See, I don't believe in that. I believe what you say you need to mean and what you mean you need to say and you need to live by that rule. Yes. How many people know I just told the truth? So I'm going to call it like it is today. So we must be changed and we must believe in what we say. Someone says, I'm a Christian, but do you believe in the Christ that you're saying that you're like? Let me say that again. Do you believe in the Christ that you say that you're like? If we are not changed and when we meet hurting people that need it, we're not going to make it better. We're going to make it worse. We're going to add to their misery because we're going to say and do things that will not help them but only bring them down a little further. Luke 6, 39 says in the King James Version, and he spake a parable unto them. Now hear this. What did I just say? It can make it worse if you're not changed. He spake a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into a ditch? What does that mean? Can a man that's gone bankrupt teach you how to make money? Can a man that's, or a woman that's, totally out of shape, tell you how to get in shape. Let me rephrase that. Will you listen to them? You will not listen to them. We had a man in this church back years ago. He didn't come here anymore. But his whole thing was, Randy, you know, his whole thing was he'll tell you how to make a million dollars. Financial advisor. And he himself was broke. If I've got a financial advisor, Gerald... I want somebody that's got some more money. What does that mean? If you're going to be like Christ and you're going to carry the message of Christ, people have got to see it. They've got to believe in it. They've got to live it. When they walk through the door, they've got to get excited because there's people like you sitting here that believe in the living Christ. So the plan of God, I mean, I don't want you to fall in a ditch. We can't be blind. The plan of God through Jesus Christ is to be mobile, mobile, aggressive, progressive, active, forward and forward looking. That means you can't be stagnant. That means you can't be sitting still. That means whatever you find, your, whatever your hand finds to do, doc, you need to do it. My son brought out a phenomenal point this morning, and I've, I've lived this rule. If I've, I've seen people that needed help, not real help. Now, I'm not talking about people that's faking it until they make it. People that needed help, they're out on the road, didn't have no money. 
Some I've met at convenience stores. My wife has watched me do this. We start talking about people in a church not doing things for people because they're hurting. And I see that person's suffering. That person's hungry. That person needs something. And I'm going to tell you, if you see it, God has shown it to you, so you'll do something about it. Because you, in fact, are the church of Jesus Christ. Am I right or wrong? Somebody said, well, you, Bishop, I'm telling you so you'll get something done about it. No, no, no. You saw it. You can do it. It's not going to break your back to reach down and pull somebody up. I've done it many times. Many times help people. Why? Because I needed to do it. I needed it for me, doctor. I needed it for me. I needed to love when I didn't want to love. I wanted to reach out when I didn't want to reach out. I needed to pray for people when I needed prayer for myself. When I was sick and suffering, I'm still praying for people. Them calling me. I'm laying in the ER myself, and people want me to pray for them. They didn't know I was in the ER, but I was praying for them as I'm laying in the ER, and I needed somebody to pray for me. That's what the body of Christ does. And let me tell you something. As long as you are in the flesh like we all are, we're going to go through some trials and tribulations and some suffering. It's just fact of life. So God's plan is to keep moving forward and get things accomplished. God's plan is not stagnant. It's not polarized. It's not sitting still, but it flows like a river, a living water. So here's what I want to say. If you're not moving forward, you, say me. If you're not going forward, moving forward, then you might want to question which voice you're listening to. And if you're not making it, Gerald, it's not my fault. It's going to be... What's the person between those two ears sitting right there? It doesn't matter if you're in in medical science or whatever. It's not, you know, the patient comes in. It's not your fault they're sick. They're sick. And some of them are doing things to their body they don't need to do. And you tell them, don't do it. What do they do? They do it anyway, expecting you to medicate them to help them to overcome this thing. The truth of the matter is, all they have to do is change your lifestyle and things will get better. Greatness doesn't come because it comes overnight. Greatness comes because you, you set a stake. You say, come hell or high water, I will not be moved. I will not be moved. I will not be moved. I will not. Be. Somebody say that with me. I will not be moved. So if you're not living, if there's not something in you that's living, I mean the living flow of Christ, then you're listening to the wrong voice. John 7, 37 and 38 says, in the last day, the great day of the feast, this Jesus stood up himself and quoted these scriptures. Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come after me and drink. And he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, out of you, shall flow rivers of living water. You will become a game changer. You will. You will. Martin Luther King Jr. was a game changer. 
I can name several. John Fitzgerald Kennedy was a game changer. I'll tell you, you name them, you'll find out in, in, when everything's said and done, you're going to find out they were really game changers. If you, the plan you are following is not moving, if you've got a plan and it's not moving, if it's not alive, if it's not filled with living water, then you are not in the plan of God. Mark it down. You're not in the plan of God. Thus, you will not be able to bring positive change to yourself or anyone else. I can lie to you, Steve, and say you don't need to be involved. I can lie to you, Steve, and say you don't need to be plant seed into the kingdom of God. You don't need to do that. I can lie to you, and all I would do is destroy you. I would not help you. You may get mad at me like some have gotten mad at me before, but the truth of the matter is truth will set you free. Right or wrong? I'd rather you tell me the truth than lie to me. Just tell me the truth. So God's saving, renovation, and restoration plan, it transcends, it goes beyond the will of man and even the plan of Satan. His plan goes beyond all of it. So you say, Bishop, you mentioned the saving plan. This I understand, but what about renovation? What about restoration? Why do we need change? For what? Why do we need change? Well, my son quoted this scripture today, 1 Corinthians 10, 26. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to him. Why do we need change? So that we can bring everybody's attention back to the Lord who, who owns everything. God owns everything. He said, he don't own me. Oh, yes, he does. Matter of fact, Jesus purchased us all. You may not respect him. Heard someone say, I don't believe in Jesus. One of my wife's friends said that. I said, and I told her, I said, she may not believe in him now, but when she closes her eyes for the final time, she's going to meet him face to face. When your daddy died and reached up, Christian, I was standing right there. When he raised those hands and he looked up, he wasn't looking at you. He wasn't looking at Damon. Am I right? He didn't want to look at nobody, but he raised up and looked toward heaven because Jesus is going to show up. When you close those eyes, you say, well, I don't believe in all that. You, let me say it again. One day you will. There are no atheists in the foxhole. None. You know why I believe in Jesus? <laughs> Besides him changing my life and keeping me alive, I've seen him. I know he's there. Three weeks ago, I came out here to preach, and the Lord showed me. I had my eyes closed, and he showed me Jesus right there, standing right there. And he showed me that he was with me and walked with me to this pulpit. Why did he do that? Because he wanted me to present a message, which I did, if y'all remember, on the seed. You remember that? God said, I want my people to understand that that which they plant, that's what they sow. Weeping, even weeping, he said, I will bring forth the harvest. Why? The earth is the Lord, the fullness of earth. He brought this out today, but this is already, I had already 
said this. Everything belongs to God, and if it's not going his way, then we need to make a change. So where does it start? Well, my dear friend that's gone on now, he found out that Jesus is real too. Michael Jackson, the platinum glove man, he sang a song, take a look at the man in the mirror. He said, take a look at the man in the mirror and then make that change. You take a look at the man in the mirror, then make that change. So I believe we all got to take a look in the mirror of the word of God and make that change. Listen, there's some giants sitting here today. You just don't realize it. You will not give over to the fact that you are a giant. You're a champion. I'm not just saying it because I'm a pastor. I'm telling you what I know. God is going to, you'll see what I'm saying. Things are happening that you have no knowledge of that I know is happening, and it will come to pass. And God, you're about to see things in this church change. You're about to see every seat in here filled. So get here early. Because it's going to happen. Because I've taken a look at the man in the mirror. I didn't see me. I saw Jesus. And that'll make that change. Oh, a verse we learned in, 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 in Sunday school. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, who's a whosoever, whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. What we don't quote is the 17th verse, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Game changer. Game changer. Game changer. He was a game changer in, in a religious system that everybody was condemned. Even the priests themselves couldn't make it. Yet they're telling you how to live. How do we achieve renovation? How do we achieve restoration? How can we be a part of the change? By being a well-equipped, mobilized army, coming together with like spirits, like people. You see, people are saved and people are healed and people are delivered through Jesus Christ. What I just said is a true statement, am I right? But it is, hear this part, it is the Christ that you, that you have witnessed and testify of that brings the change. We already know what Jesus can do, but what can you do? Because you're the change. You're the one that brings about change. As a matter of fact, Jesus has preached his last sermon. Well, I can't wait till he comes back and preaches. Well, he's not going to. He's preached his last message. Now, we are the continuation of that message. And this is what makes us game changers. We continue on to know the Lord. Amen. Around 30 years of age, Jesus started to gather people. I'm going to get to a point here. About 30 years ago, around 30 years of age, Jesus started to gather people around him that they might learn of him. And Jesus is our example. Jesus first chose 12 men. Then the Bible mentions the 70 disciples. And the Bible says in Luke 10, 1 through 3, 
After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two. You know why two by two? Because one alone gets lonely, depressed, and it takes the other one to lift them up. That's why I don't ever do anything by yourself. You need somebody. Therefore, he said unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth the labors into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs amongst wolves. So Jesus chose 12 and then 70 to usher in his second coming or his he, he, he's constantly coming now. He's in our lives, in our heart. He's in our church. And to bring forth his unshakable kingdom. Wait, those men lived 2,000 years ago, Bishop. You're missing it. But listen, he chose them as yeast. Men and women, disciples, that he chose them as yeast. And any of you that bake knows when you put yeast in the dough, something happens. He chose them as yeast. As a as as a starter, as a starter, if you made yogurt, you know what I'm talking about. You need a starter in order to make the yogurt. And they became powerful game changers. You say me, Me. I am a direct result. You can say this. I'm a direct result of the 12 that were chosen. You are a direct result of the ones to whom Jesus said in Mark 1:16 now as he walked by the sea of Galilee he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net in the sea for they were fishers and Jesus said to them come ye after me and I will make you fishers of men so they not only followed his physical path but they followed the way of the spirit if they allowed themselves only to wash or be taught everybody wants to be taught But it goes beyond being taught with no spiritual activity. There's a lot of people get taught every Sunday morning sitting in pews just like this, and they never have any spiritual activity. Their world, in their world, there would be no more game changers to transform fishers into fishers of men because they have to be changed. They don't only need to be taught, but they need to be caught. By the spirit of Jesus Christ. James 1.22 says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. Be doers of the word. I'm going to get to a point here. We're closing. Here's something that impacted my life. When I heard my father, my dad, that's gone on to be with heaven, in heaven, I'm preaching what he would say. When I heard my father say he wanted to impart the power of God. He said, I want to impart the power of God to the people that were listening. It changed me. He wanted to give something to them that was more than just a teaching. He wanted them to carry the power of the living Christ. So impartation precedes transformation and transformation leads to disciples. Disciples are not only those who have an intimate relationship with Jesus, but they take their relationship and do the works of Christ. Our call, going back to the verse, 
Our call is to change people, not to condemn them. I'll say that again. Our job, our, say my job, our calling is to change people, not to condemn them. If all we do is tell people how bad they are, there will be no change, just more negative information. If that's all I do is tell you how weak you are, how insufficient you are, all I'm doing is passing more negative information. It's not helped you one bit. If Dr. Carrier keeps telling me I'm, I'm too heavy and doesn't tell me how to, res- to solve that problem, which I'm not, then he has given me negative information because he's not passing it on to me what I need to do. My father, my dad taught me and activated me. I didn't want it, but he taught me. He activated me. I have taught my sons and my daughter and have activated them. And they will go now and teach my grandchildren and they will activate them. A legacy of game changers. A legacy of game changers. So you see how one man can reach the nations? All he has to do is have a legacy of game changers.